Good morning. Today is July 2nd, 2019, and we are technically day three of the NBA free agency period. I uh, did touch on this a little bit, but I'll be honest, I didn't like the original recording, so we're going to start this over from scratch. Uh, so just to kind of run through all of the activities, uh, or at least the highlights from the first two days, uh, we did have quite a bit of signings that first day. Uh, Kevin Durant had agreed to a four-year, $164 million contract with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Kyrie ended up taking the four-year, $142 million contract with the Nets as well. Uh, and they both did take a pay cut so that the team could sign DeAndre Jordan to a four-year, uh, $10 million per year deal. Uh, so they've got their set of big three. You know, they've got the uh, still couple young players there, uh, Spencer, Dimwittle, um, Jared Allen, uh, a couple other guys that are going to do very well for them. Uh, looks like uh, the Boston Celtics were very uh, capable of pivoting away from the Kyrie situation. Uh, Kemba apparently was not offered a full max contract from Charlotte, so... He decided to accept a four-year, $141 million contract with the Celtics. Uh, so they'll at least get some of the replication of the production they were receiving from Kyrie last year. Obviously, let's hope that there's a better mesh uh, for that team. <coughs> and while we're still speaking about the Celtics, Celtics were also able to sign Ennis Cantor. Uh, now, with uh, Cantor, uh, when he was actually asked why he didn't re-sign with the Blazers. Uh, he revealed basically that they gave him a very limited time frame to respond. Uh, and he felt pressured because he wanted to talk to his brother. Uh, he is actually a... Uh, was born in Turkey, so his, uh, his brother is not readily available by one phone call. Uh, so with them putting the pressure on, he just said, forget it. And obviously decided to not take their offer. So while the Celtics did lose Al Horford, they were able to assign Cantor to a two-year, $10 million contract, which I think is great value for the type of production he put out, uh, not only last year, but over the course of his career. Now, he's never going to be any sort of defensive stopper, but at the same time, um, he puts you in a position where at least some uh, rebounding, uh, you know, some small intangibles on the, uh, you know, offensive and defensive end end up getting picked up. So I, I think it's going to be a good signing for them. Obviously, it's going to depend on how they shake out the rest of their roster. <clears throat> and as far as getting back to some of the bigger names, I mean, obviously, I kind of pivoted away with uh, Ennis, but I figured I'd kind of stick with the Celtics while we were talking about it. Um, you know, and I was, we were speaking of Al Horford, um, basically Philadelphia ended up losing out on Jimmy Butler. He basically was offered a five-year max, uh, which he declined and advised them that he wanted to sign with Miami. Uh, so the 76ers, uh, signed Tobias Harris to his five-year contract and then pivoted towards Al Horford. Uh, they signed him to a four-year, $109 million contract. Now, from my understanding, uh, there's only $97 million of that that's guaranteed. The other $12 million is tied up in bonuses uh, attached to champ you know, winning championships. Uh, 
so obviously they got good value from that. Uh, Horford is definitely worth $25 million a year. Uh, a lot of things that he brings to the court that you can't even gauge through a stat sheet. Uh, so that's fantastic for them. Uh, 76ers should be able to continue to build upon what they have. And based on the fact that we've got a, quite a few long-term contracts, uh, and then obviously with their rookie players, um, Ben Simmons is going to be due for an extension uh, this year or next. Uh, so this is pretty much what you have with the 76ers, barring uh, you know them making some sort of uh, unexpected trade. Um Clay Thompson actually did sign a five-year max contract. Uh, now, he probably won't play the majority of next year, but the value that he brings uh, to the Warriors, obviously, is very easy to see. Uh, obviously, he's one half of the most historic three-point shooting backcourt in history, although I guess they would be the first three-point shooting backcourt in history, but I guess we're just talking semantics at that point, but... It's fantastic for them to be able to pick him up. Um, and, you know, the kind of um, circling back uh, in regards to the Durant contract, uh, I believe they have actually modified it uh, to a sign-and-trade. Uh, and actually, in exchange, the Warriors will be receiving D'Angelo Russell, uh, Tre Trevion Graham, and Shabazz Napier. Although I have a feeling those two won't be uh, long. Uh, from my understanding, Napier is going to be... Oh, and I guess both of them are going to be sent to Minnesota with cash. Um, unfortunately, what that means is that Andre Iguodala uh, is, also has to be traded to make the money work. So he's being sent to Memphis along with a future first-round pick. Uh, don't know the breakdown as far as what year, what sort of protections are on that, but um, definitely uh, a blow regardless of you know the fact that he's getting up there in, in years for, for them to have to give him up. But you know they have to uh, find a path to improve, and uh, that's pretty much the only way they could do it. Um, had they not been able to facilitate this sign-in trade, uh, they would have lost Durant literally for nothing, and... They were over the cap already, so uh, they would have been limited to the mini mid-level exception. And while that worked very well last year with DeMarcus, um, I don't foresee that being the case uh, this year. Uh, obviously, there's tons of money out there, so I, I think uh, Bob Myers pivoted very well on behalf of the Warriors and, and was able to at least recoup some value. Now, my understanding is that... Um, uh, this is being done with the potential to possibly trade him down the line. Uh, now, he, with him having, you know, not even signed the uh, the contract yet, uh, obviously, the um, I believe they're eligible to start signing these contracts as of the July sixth. Uh, the earliest he would be able to be traded would be January fifteenth. Uh, Clay Thompson's not expected back. Uh, you know, at the earliest, I would expect maybe February, if not later than that. So it does give um, D'Angelo and uh, Steph some time to see how they mesh, uh, see maybe if, if there is a potential to maybe keep him all long term, but that's that's kind of a wait and see thing. Uh, Chris Middleton uh, did agree to a five-year max ex uh, contract with uh, the Bucks, so that's some good news for them. Uh, Christopher Singus uh, did actually 
contrary to his threats of only signing the qualifying offer, he did agree to a five-year, $158 million contract with the Mavericks. Uh, Nikola Vucevic actually agreed to a four-year, $100 million contract to stay with the Magic. And I just find that to be a very odd move on Orlando's part. It's not to say that he doesn't bring value. Um, and obviously, uh, last year he did qualify for an all-star team uh, for the first time ever. Uh, and he did have some great averages. But they have um, quite a few players that would overlap. I mean, uh, obviously, Mombambo was uh, drafted last year. He did have some injuries that kind of inhibited his ability to even get on the floor. But going to be hard to, to develop him uh while paying Vucevic that contract. And then obviously you've got Aaron Gordon there, who technically is a four, but I'm sure in certain lineups they may try to roll him out at the five. So it's just very limited minutes for, for a player like Baba to develop. So hopefully you know Vucevic can uh, maintain what he produced last year and, and over the course of this contract. Uh, otherwise, I'll find this to be one of the contracts that we're looking back at in a few years and saying why did they do it uh, the Denver Nuggets were proactive and decided to give Jamal Murray a five-year 170 million dollar contract extension um, to stay now the timing of it is strange because they did have uh, you know this season to kind of give him a look to see if, if he would justify that but I guess um, they're just trying to keep some sort of goodwill going and you know, if he if he uh, produces this this will this contract will be worth it. But at this point, just a little early to be giving it to him. But I guess it's uh, wait and see, and we'll figure out how it happens uh, as it goes. Uh, now Harrison Barnes did have a player option for this year. I believe it was around twenty five million, uh, which everybody thought he would exercise. Uh, just seemed like the smartest thing for him. Didn't seem like there was going to be a huge market for him. Uh, but he did opt out of that final year. Uh, but he is staying with Sacramento on a four-year, $85 million contract. Uh, so he sacrificed a couple million on the front end. Uh, but he gave himself some long-term security, which I'm sure, uh, you know, in this league is uh, something that a lot of players would, would prefer. Uh, now, from my understanding, the contract itself is actually of descending value. Uh, so this was a very smart move by the Kings. Um, you know, obviously, you pay a little bit more now when your your cap situation is a little cheaper. Uh, but as it goes on, you know, even if you're shaving off a, a couple million here and there, it's definitely better when they're they're uh, getting smaller as opposed to escalating, and you're trying to you know, re-sign people or, or give out extensions. Uh, so this was a great deal for both sides. Uh, Marcus Saul did exercise his uh, $25.6 million player option with the Raptors. Um, I mean, everybody was pretty sure that was going to happen. I mean, the only other possibility uh, would have been potentially, you know, negotiating at a lower rate for longer term. But I don't know what his intention beyond this season is. At the very least, uh, it's not an issue for the Raptors. He played very well for them. He will be an expiring contract. Um, he was able to be moved last year, even with this player option potentially hanging over his head. So um, he, he performed well in the playoffs. So I don't, I don't see 
this is a losing situation. Either he will contribute to, you know, that team very well as he did last year, or worst case, they should be able to at least get some sort of value um, out of that 25.6 expiring contract. Uh, Paul Millsap did have his $30 million team auction exercised by the Nuggets, which I, I believe was a good move for them. Uh, he has helped them develop quite well. And, uh, you know, honestly, Denver's never really been a great uh, free agent destination. Uh, I mean, obviously, they were able to sign Paul, but, uh, you know, if you really look at Paul's uh, playing history, uh doesn't seem like he cares about market size. Um, so it's a good fit. He... Um, He'll do very good things for them, and obviously uh, it's a win-win in my mind. Uh, another thing where it's you know, expiring, worst case, if they can flip it for something down the line, fantastic. Uh, or he'll produce. Um, okay, this one little surprised me. I mean, I knew he was going to get paid, but uh, Brooke Lopez has agreed to a four-year, $52 million contract with the Bucks. Uh, which obviously is quite an improvement from what he's been paid the last two years. Um, I believe that technically it should work out for them. I'm not too sure about year three, year four, uh, but for what they're asking for, you know, from him, uh, obviously he's never been uh, a, a great rebounder. Uh, so at that point in time, you're you're specifically. Uh, paying him to space the floor, draw the center out to the three-point line, which he did very well last year. Um, this one hurt a little bit. You know, I actually thought he was a great fit. He helped uh, the quote-unquote process. J.J. Redick uh, signs a two-year, $26.5 million contract with the Pelicans. And uh, David Griffin continues to show people that uh, he wasn't the problem in Cleveland. His owner was. He is a fantastic GM. He's made some shrewd moves. And I believe, you know, $13 million for J.J. Redick is not a bad number at all, considering what he brings to the table. He's a career 40% three-point shooter. Um, you know, he's, he's kind of a defensive liability. But at this point in time, if they do pair him up with Lonzo Ball, they'll kind of... Um, offset each other's weaknesses. You know, Ball is notoriously a crappy shooter, uh, but he is a great defender and playmaker, and Redick, um, a great spot-up shooter. Now, he can put the ball on the floor, but uh, at this point in his career, you're probably better off with the expectation that majority of the points he's going to score for you are going to be beyond the three-point line. Uh, but oh, it hurts for the... Um, 76ers, you know, I was kind of hoping the goodwill that they gave him these last two seasons with uh, the inflated contracts would potentially translate over and maybe he would accept the mid-level exception uh, or the mini mid-level. Uh, but apparently he uh, either was, uh, they were not interested or he decided this was what was best for him and his family. So it happens. Um Patrick Beverly, who I think uh, is definitely one of the more underrated guards in this league, uh, he does he did agree to a three-year, $40 million contract to return to the Clippers, uh, which I believe was a fantastically shrewd move on their part. Uh, it's great value for him. Uh, you're paying about 13 plus a year for a guy that is known to be a lockdown defender, but uh, what people forget, he's also a great three-point shooter. 
and for what they're trying to do in uh, Clipperland. It's, it's going to be a great fit either way. Uh, if they do bring in, obviously, Kawhi, which would be the good fit, big fish, uh, you've got a, like another lockdown defender. And, you know, just the thought of Kawhi and Beverly uh, defending on the same team just sounds like it'd be a nightmare for opposing teams. Um, so hopefully, you know, even if they don't uh, end up getting Kawhi, they'll end up uh, grabbing some other players. And, you know, considering last year they didn't really have uh, any standout star player and they were able to make the playoffs, things look good for them. Uh, let's see. Surprisingly, uh, Nikola Miritic, who, from my understanding, would have been in line for about $15 million per year based on his production. Um, took a huge pay cut. Uh, decided to return to the EuroLeague uh, to play for Barcelona. Um, just strange, but, you know, could just be a comfort zone. But uh, the, the NBA is going to miss a stretch four of his nature, especially uh, with the way the league has evolved. Um, I'm happy to say that Derek Rose has agreed to a two-year $15 million contract with the Pistons. Uh, here's a guy that was a league MVP, had so many freak uh, injuries, uh, hasn't really had much success as far as maintaining uh, health over these seasons. Uh, but he had a, a great year last year. There was talk of him, you know, getting uh, six man of the year votes and justifiably. Uh, so it's, it's not only just that he received some money. I, I like the fact that it's a two-year deal. You know, he's been playing on a lot of one-year deals, uh, so it, it's good to see him get a little bit of security. Uh, but I, it was a smart move by the Pistons by only giving him the two-year. I mean, obviously, uh, this year, if it ends up being a wash next year, he's an expiring contract. $8 million in this league is very easy to move, so it's a win-win. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas agreed to a three-year, $45 million contract with the Grizzlies. Um I mean, I guess that's about his value. I, I, I would have uh, would assumed that it would have been a little bit less, but because he's more of a uh, uh, traditional center, but not necessarily a great defensive center. So I don't know um, if it's just, hey, we had some money, we spent it, why not? Uh, obviously, Grizzlies aren't going to attract anybody in free agency now, uh, considering what stage of the rebuild they're currently in, having just traded, you know, they're two remaining players from the grit and grind era within the last six months. Um, so it is what it is with Jonas. <coughs> uh, Gerald Green is actually returning on a one-year, which I believe to be a minimum deal to the Rockets. I think at this point the Rockets are kind of stuck with sticking with people they know produced for them last year. So if they can grab any of their guys back, it's, it's great. Uh, they made the mistake of letting Trevor Ariza go last year. Um, and then not uh, being able to uh, keep Luke Mabahabute. Um, so hopefully this uh, being able to keep on to some of the players next year will give them some continuity. And uh, with, the, with the Warriors having so many question marks um, on paper, you know, the Rockets were the only team to really give them a push a couple years ago. Obviously they weren't that great of a uh, an opponent last year, but we'll see what, uh, what kind of return to form they have. Uh, Terrence Ross agreed to a four-year, $54 million contract to stay with the Magic. Um, you know, I, I appreciate what Ross brings as a kind of a 3-and-D wing. Um, just think that's a little high for him, but 
okay, it's Orlando, so they really didn't have much choice. You know, it's it's they're at a point they've never been a huge magnet for free agents. Uh, you'd think that they would have some of the appeal of Miami, but uh, it's Florida. You know, no state income tax, but you're dead in the middle of the state next to Disney World. So I guess it's just not as appealing as uh, the bright lights and party town of, of Miami. Um, El Farouk Amino uh, agreed to a three-year, $29 million contract also with the Magic. Um, that one kind of surprised me. Amino is a solid player. I think at this point in his career, though, $10 million a year is a little steep, but I do believe it's it's an instance where the Magic had to overpay just to give him a reason to come over there. Um, Rubio, Ricky Rubio, has agreed to a uh, three-year deal for $51 million to sign with the Suns. Um, I'm conflicted about that one. I don't know how good of a fit it's going to be. Um, Devin Booker can play off the ball, but they have played him on the ball quite a bit. And, um, we kind of saw last year with, um, the Jazz and Donovan Mitchell that, you know, Rubio, he can adapt, but it's not his strong suit. He is a true floor general. He's better off, you know, uh, being the guy running the offense um, but who knows, it might work out. Uh, Trevor Ariza has agreed to a two-year $25 million contract with the Kings. Um, I believe maybe a little steep for Ariza at this point, but at the same time, Kings, um, I know that they're basically trying to bring some veteran leadership into their culture. He's a guy who could still play. He's got championship experience. He can shoot the three. He's a defender, so... It makes sense to have overpaid him, and it's only a two-year deal, so nothing crazy, uh, but I think it was a, a very good move for them. Um, this one, I think, over the long term could go either way, uh, which would be Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, he agreed to a four-year, $85 million contract with the Pacers. Uh, they did it as an actual sign-in trade, so Indiana will send a first round and two future second-round picks to Milwaukee. Now, it's a great pickup for Indiana. Um, I think he's going to fit very well with uh, Oladipo. And uh, obviously with Oladipo still kind of recovering, um, should be a great, great on-the-floor on fit. And Brogdon's a great defender. Uh, he's had one of those quiet 50, 40, 90 seasons. I, I mean, I didn't even know about it, so they were talking about him the other day. I said, how come we haven't heard more about it? Um, you know, we're aware of the big-name players that hit it, but that is... A very hard statistic to maintain. Um, I just think, you know, over the long run that this is something that could go either way. He's got a history of some injuries. Uh, he did have some time last year where he was off the court. So as far as if everything goes well and he has no injury issues, I, I think this will hurt uh, the Bucks uh, in the long term. Bledsoe's been all right, but I think if it really came down to it and you were picking between Brogdon and Bledsoe, I would have went with Brogdon. Obviously, the the he's younger, uh, he's more consistent, but it's done, so I wish him all the best for the Pacers. Um, the reason they pivoted to Brogdon, though, uh, as far as the Pacers, was because uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, uh, which they believed uh, they should be able to grab with about a $58 million contract, he agreed to a four-year $73 million contract with the Jazz. Um, obviously, they're ponying up a little bit more for Brogdon, but he is a younger player, so um, 
I think it's a great pickup for the Jazz. Uh, they're going to be a very sneaky team. Uh, it's somebody to watch out for in the playoffs. Don't think they can go anywhere as far as a conf uh, conference finals. Uh, but there's somebody, if they make it to the second round, is going to probably uh, take you to six or seven games. So uh, very happy with what they've been able to do considering the market that they're in. Uh, obviously, Utah's never been. A, uh, a destination that anybody wanted to go to. Uh, Thaddeus Young. Uh, this one I found a little strange, but I mean, obviously, I, I, I guess in his case, he's not necessarily worried about a uh, payday. He did agree to a, I mean, not a payday, but uh, success. Uh, he agreed to a three-year, $41 million contract with the Bulls. Uh, for the Bulls, it makes sense. You've got, you know, a veteran that you can kind of bring in. Um, for Young, I guess, as far as monetary value, it makes sense. Uh, obviously... Uh, they're not going to go anywhere, but he's going to get paid. Uh, Ronnie Hood agreed to a two-year, $16 million contract to return to the Portland Trail Blazers. It was a little up and down last year, but I believe at $8 million a year, he's definitely worth it for them to give a shout. Um, you know, as I've said with earlier contracts, worst-case scenario, year two, it's an $8 million expiring, and $8 million is nothing to move. Uh, Thomas Bryant uh, was given a three-year, $35 million contract with the Wizards. That's a definite overpay, but their, their um, salary cap situation basically put them in a position that, that that's what they were going to have to do, so that's what they did. Uh, Mike Scott actually agreed to a two-year, $9.8 million contract to return to the 76ers. I uh, believe that'll be some good value for them. Um don't know what kind of fit he'll have, obviously. Horford will uh, be playing f four, even though he's more adept at playing the five. Uh, but he'll play some five when Embiid's off the floor. So Mike Scott's going to kind of be a get-in-where-you-fit-in uh, kind of deal. But at $5 million a year, uh, less than $5 million a year, uh, you can't really go wrong with that. So kudos to them for that. Uh, Jeremy Lamb. Um, who, <clears throat> right behind Kemba last year, was Charlotte's second-leading scorer, has agreed to a three-year, $31.5 million contract with the Pacers. Um, I think it's a great move for the Pacers. Um, you know, they grabbed Brogdon, they grabbed Lamb uh, with Oladipo. I think that's a solid backcourt rotation there. You've got, you know, scoring. Um, and I think it's just going to be a good fit. And... For the three years, you got some time to get them integrated. I think it's going to be a good move down the line. Uh, Damari Carroll uh, signed a two-year, $13 million contract with the Spurs. Um, I don't know what it is. Uh, I mean, I guess he'd be he's going to end up being a good fit for the Spurs, but I just I don't feel like the Spurs have been adding any youth lately. They're just getting all these uh, veteran players, and that's great and all. But at the same time, you know, you've got to start thinking about the future, so... It's, it's an unfortunate thing where they went for a guy who, who did have a bounce back a couple years these last two years after uh, basically his contract being looked at as a terrible thing. I know they had to attach a bunch of picks just to get it over to, to Brooklyn, uh, but he did play well for Brooklyn, so this should be good for, for the Spurs in the long run as far as a guy to come off the bench and, and play some 3 and D. Um, this one I'm going to leave... As unresolved, Nerlens Noel was supposed to have an agreement, but he asked for additional time from the Thunder, so that's kind of up in the air right now. 
Julius Randle, um, I guess he, he realized that the Knicks had to spend some money on somebody, so he agreed to a three-year, $63 million contract with the Knicks. I do believe the third year is a team option. Um, I'll verify that later, but right now I'm not looking at it, so I'm not aware of it. Uh, one of the surprising ones, but it based on the fact that they gave up on Brogdon, made a lot of sense. Uh, the Bucks did, in fact, decline the option for George Hill this year, but they did bring him back on a three-year, $29 million contract. Um for the playoff experience that he brings and for, you know, kind of what he's contributed to the team at $10 million a year, it's not bad. Um, we'll see how that one kind of works out. Um, surprisingly, now we're going to get on to the second signing for the Knicks of a front court player. Uh, they agreed to a two-year, $20 million contract with Taj Gibson. Um, another one where I believe the second year is not guaranteed. Uh, so, doesn't hurt. Worst case scenario, he plays well. They pick up his team option for next year. Worst case scenario, he doesn't. They cut him and they move on to uh, see if there's anybody next summer that they can potentially sign that would fit their long-term plans better. Uh, but they did kind of go a little bit overboard with the front court players. Um, bear with me here because I know that he was two of three notable free urgent, uh, you know, front court players that they signed. And keep in mind that they still have Kevin Knox and Mitchell, Mitchell Robinson that they're trying to develop. So not quite sure how that fit's going to work in the short term, but I guess we'll find out in the long term. Um, oh, Bobby Portis uh, signed a two-year, $31 million contract with the Knicks. Um I think actually that could be very good. He's he's had a great year last year. He's a young enough player that they can kind of see if maybe he fits into their long-term plans. And uh, also an instance where it should be a player option on the second year. Uh, Reggie Bullock agreed to a two-year, $21 million contract also with the Knicks. So uh, another forward. Um, quite a bit of forwards that they're going to have on the roster. So I'm curious how they're going to shape out the rest of, uh, of that roster. Um, but it's the Knicks. So I... I assume that they're going to pay a whole crap load of money and next year they're just going to be a 30 win team anyway so who cares at this point ed davis agreed to a two-year 10 million dollar contract with the jazz now uh for five million a year doesn't hurt them they're a small uh, market so they got to take it where they can uh, mike muscala agreed to a i believe it was a veteran minimum deal with the thunder uh he should be very good for some floor spacing for them hopefully that works out uh, Mario, he's a Jonia, uh, who played, uh, decently last year, signed a one-year league minimum deal with the Blazers. I think that'll be a good fit, uh, in their backcourt rotation. Uh, one that actually brought a smile to my face, Robin Lopez actually agreed to a deal with the Bucks, which will reunite him with his twin brother, Brooke. Uh, it's the first time they've been able to play together since they were in college, and I actually... Based on how Brooke has evolved his game, I do believe you'll see some, uh, you know, not not a lot of pairings with them on the floor at the same time necessarily, but I do believe it will actually be a good fit. Uh, Robin's your more traditional back to the basket center. 
Uh, in those instances, you'd probably slot uh, Brooke Lopez at, in a four position, you know, have him space on the floor. But it'll just be cool to see both of them out there. And I'm sure uh, the hijinks, uh, you know, in the interviews and things of that nature, which should be fun for the year. Uh, they're, they're both two kind of prankster guys, so it should be fun. Uh, Corey Joseph signed a three-year, $37 million contract with the Kings. Not a bad deal for the Kings. Um, Ish Smith agreed to a two-year, $12 million contract with the Wizards. He should actually get some significant time with Wall being down, uh, potentially for the whole year. Uh, so I also believe it's pretty good value for the Wizards. Ish has played semi-solid. I mean, he's not a guy you really want. Uh, running the majority of your offense, but he, he's decent enough in a pension at $6 million a year. It's great value for them. Um, <coughs> Wizards also uh, help facilitate a three-year, $30 million sign-and-trade with Thomas Sadoransky. Um, you know, I don't really... Uh, I wouldn't pay the guy <laughs> $10 million a year, so good for them. Hopefully they got uh, a good package return from that. Uh, Wayne Ellington agreed to a two-year, $16 million contract with the Knicks. Uh, it's a great uh, three-point shooter. Probably one of the, two, one of two moves that I really like for the Knicks. Uh, but again, without you know good players in place, it's just another player you know putting up numbers. Uh, Michael Carter Williams uh, agreed to a one-year deal with the Magic. Uh, at this point, don't think he's putting much impact in a game, but. He's solid enough that uh, if you're only paying him a veteran deal, doesn't hurt you. He can't really do anything to you. Uh, Seth Curry agreed to a four-year, $32 million contract to return to the Mavericks. Now, when I say return, normally I've been speaking of you know players that played for that team last year. Uh, but in Seth Curry's case, he was actually playing for the Blazers last year. Uh, but he did have a stint previously with the Mavericks, so... Uh, it's good to hear that he's got a four-year contract in place, so he'll have some stability in his career for the next few years moving forward. Uh, obviously, Steph gets all the, the credit, but Seth is no slouch in that department as far as being able to shoot and put the ball on the floor. Austin Rivers uh, agreed to a two-year deal to return to the Rockets, which I believe is a minimum deal. Uh, he fits in well with what they're doing, uh, but statistically he didn't do as well last year as he had the previous season, so he wasn't going to have much of a market. So it's a, it's a great deal for both sides. Uh, contrary to uh, you know everybody thinking that the Lakers have been standing pat, they did actually agree to a one-year minimum contract with Troy Daniels. Uh, it's kind of a who-cares kind of situation. hate to be mean when I say it like that, but it is what it is. Alfred Payton uh, is returning to the Knicks on a $16 million contract for two years. Um, a little too old to be part of your rebuild, but he's young enough that he's not going to kind of hurt what you're doing. So another one where I believe he's got a player option for the second year. Uh, you know, good for Alfred. He got paid. Um, Maxi Kleber agreed to a four-year, $35 million contract with the Mavericks. Um, be honest with you, I'm not too familiar with that player. Good for him. He got some money. Uh, J.J. Barea, who apparently must be uh, Mark Cuban's favorite human being on earth besides Dirk Nowitzki, uh, has agreed to a one-year veterans deal with the Mavericks to return. So, uh, glad to see, uh, him return there. He's just, to me, synonymous with Dallas. Um... Wesley Matthews agreed to a minimum deal with the Bucks, and 
you know, as they're adding more and more of these side players while losing Brogdon Hurt, um, Matthews at a minimum is great value. Uh, he was traded to Indiana last year, and he did help out quite a bit uh, in regards to keeping them in playoff contention. Um, and that was, you know, while he was still on his huge contract that he signed in uh, 2016 or 2015. Uh, so at a minimum, fantastic value for the Bucks. Hopefully he'll uh, be a great contributor. Uh, Frank Kaminsky had just agreed to a two-year, $10 million deal with the Suns. Uh, it's kind of meh move. You know, good for good for him to get some uh, some money in his pocket. Happy to hear it. Um, Kevon Looney agreed to a three-year, $15 million deal to return to the Warriors, and that's great value. Uh, they only had one other center under contract currently, so it uh, would have hurt to have lost him. Uh, and this, to me, is a $5 million a year for a guy who fits in very well with what they do. Uh, he doesn't put up flashy numbers, but he also doesn't play more than 17, 18 minutes a game. Uh, but he has been very clutch in playoff situations as far as coming through on certain plays. So that should be great. Uh, and to me, one of the feel-good stories um, that was one of the later sightings from yesterday was Isaiah Thomas signing a veteran deal with Washington Wizards. Now, I did mention Ish Smith because, realistically, Ish Smith has played more consistently over these last couple seasons than Isaiah. You know, Isaiah pushed through that injury in the 2017 playoffs, and in the last two years, I believe, maybe he's had 44 games total. Uh, he was not healthy till February of this year, but still only played 12 games. Uh, so he really didn't get too much of a chance in Denver, uh, but it's not necessarily their fault. What they were doing was working. They, you know, they had actually at one point the best record in the league, so it didn't make sense to rock the boat too much by trying to insert Thomas. Uh, but now he'll have a chance, as I mentioned earlier, with John Wall pretty much going to be on the shelf the entire year, uh, and it's basically going to come down to, for the most part, him and Ish Smith fighting for that starting job and. I will say, you know, if, if he can't beat out Ish Smith for that starting job, then, you know, that's unfortunate. But he can't say he won't have the opportunity that he was uh, not having with other teams. Uh, so all in all, uh, the first two days, uh, obviously day one was a lot uh, rockier uh, as far as how quick the information and signings were coming. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Yesterday had some, some more trickling of anything, but I think it's more because... Uh, as I record this, Kawhi Leonard has not made a decision, has not actually, or if he has, he's, he hasn't decided to, to share his decision. Uh, so there's uh, a couple teams that are still kind of just waiting, um, which may end up hurting them in the long run because, you know, you don't necessarily give up on trying to obtain Kawhi as one of the top uh, three players in the league. Uh, but they are; these teams are missing out on complimentary players that are signing contracts elsewhere. So the guy who gets him or the team that gets him is going to be very happy. Uh, but these that don't, it's going to kind of hurt because of the fact that you've missed the opportunity to sign some better pieces uh, that have kind of jumped on the money and not waited to see what happened. Um, I look forward to seeing what we are going to get from... Today's round of free agent news, I mean, obviously, we've still got uh, another three full or four full days before people can even sign their contracts. So it should be interesting uh, to see what happens between now and then. And uh, I will provide another update at that point in time.
Have a great day, guys.